0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration as we continue to count down the 12 days of the Comic Source presenting Bad Idea, uh, joined by Rocky, my co-host from Comic Boom. Uh, and we were sort of trying to do these in release order, sort of. You know, We did the first five. I got those right. And then I forgot about the final five. So there was a time in <laughs> 2021 where Bad Idea said that they were going to cease publication. They're only going to publish five more books. They called them the final five. You had to uh, prepay for them or pre-order them with your retailer. You had to pre-order them. Um, And it was a way, again, for uh, a way for bad idea to get revenue in the hands of retailers. The hardest thing to do is to know how many books to order, what to order, that sort of thing. Pre-orders really help out your retailer. We talk about it all the time. So this was a way for retailers to guarantee that they were going to sell these books, right? And if you ordered all five, you got a sticker. You got to send it in later for an exclusive book. Um, I had forgotten about the final five. I had totally spaced on it. And so we already talked about Escape from Wyoming. And that was a year later after the final five when Bad Idea announced that they were coming back with seven new series. And Escape from Wyoming was the first of those. But... Before that, they had the final five. I forgot about it. The first series uh, of the final five was uh, Monster Hunter Squad. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. Today, we're going to talk about the second um, book that was released, which was a a one-shot, kind of similar to Walesville, and that it had two stories in one, basically. Um, One written by Matt Kent, one by Mark Russell. The first story by Matt Kent is Refuse. It's got artwork by Marguerite Savage. And then the second one is the Mark Russell book, which has, I, I guess, interesting, stylized. I'm not even sure like what the right way to describe the art is, um, but it's Adam Polina art. And he's the artist that did such a, a fantastic job in Walesville with the design of the sea creatures and, and what have hey, you. Good. This is so different, right? I mean, it's the same artist. And, you know, once I look at it, I I say, okay, it's Adam Polina. I can see it's very stylized or what have you, but it's almost a completely different style, you know, because it's set in the future and cloning and all that kind of thing. So it's, you know, similar in terms of line weights. The storytelling is very strong, just like it was in Walesville, but there's not sort of the textured feel uh, and the colors have something to do with that as well. Uh, So the art just looks very different in, in last resorts, but We'll talk about refuse first, uh, which is almost a silent issue. Um, and I, you know, I really enjoy the story. It's, it's interesting when you talk about, oh, you know, written by Matt Kent and there's, you know, so little dialogue. So is it really Marguerite Savage doing the heavy lifting? Well, you know, the fact of the matter is we don't know how detailed the script was in terms of, um, you know, what, what the panel descriptions were. It could have been Matt Kent saying, you know, do this, do this, do this. Or he might have just been back and forth giving her notes. Or it might have just been a situation where he said, you know, we need to get from point A to point B, you know, draw it however you want. So pretty interesting when you look at it like that. Um, and one of the things uh, that we have talked about, because Marguerite Savage has done a lot of work for DC. And one of the things that we've talked about in the past is how at times her her work has kind of looked like like a children's picture book. Uh, where the the storytelling, the transitions from panel to panel haven't been really, really strong. Um, and yet when you tell a story with as little dialogue or as little narration as you have in this book, you, you're reliant on good transition. You're reliant on good visual storytelling. So I do, I do find it interesting that when we look at um, – and we t- we've talked about her work getting better over time. It's interesting that this is something she did uh, in in the meantime, if you will. So I wonder how much doing this, that telling a story that has such little dialogue, you you don't have that crutch. Uh, everything is basically story told in in visual. Um, it, it sort of forces you to become a better a uh, better storyteller. So. Uh, what did you think of Refuse, Rocky? What were your thoughts on, on this nearly silent story?
1: I think it's, uh, I was extremely impressed that Marguerite Sauvage's art is It's probably the best I've seen it in. I don't know if I've seen better art from her, to be honest. Uh, it, she is definitely getting better. Uh, and uh, But this one, it actually reminds me of like a combination between Tula Lotay's art and uh, Jenny Frizen. But with more, more, you know, more, uh, more action-packed, like more, you know, uh, less static, and just there's a lot of uh, Margaret Savage. Where her art's getting better is that she's con- conveying more kinetic energy, more movement in a more believable manner. Because often, uh, often her work just seems it can seem very, uh, almost, still. almost, yeah, like still. And, uh, it lacking motion lacking the illusion of motion and and but this is gorgeous gorgeous art and and of course the most important thing it's telling a story and what's extremely impressive about uh, Re- refuse is that it's is is there's there's just no dialogue and it's it was just really enjoyable it's really enjoyable to just sort of like scroll through the pages as slow as I like enjoying all I mean it really is. Uh, a, a just a really wonderful story of a woman who finds herself on a strange planet, uh, seemingly without a memory, and then, you know, finds her way. We think she's finding her way home, only to have the big reveal at the end. I, I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was very well done. And she, you know, she finds, she ends up making a home on this planet that she's, that she's on with and befriending the animals and just, uh, <laughs> just very, very well done. And just, uh, you know, you can take your time and, and it's the great thing about comic books is that unlike a movie, you can take, you can spend as much time as you want in any setting on any page and just look at it and you you decide how long you enjoy those moments that the artist pulls you into. And that's what I really like about, about this. And we know, we know in many ways, so little, so little about this lead character. And it's only one woman character. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's by herself. We don't even know her name. I don't think we ever get her name. <laughs> but but no. it's unimportant. It's unimportant. It's because you're experiencing the, that that contributes to the unknown aspect of the story. That contributes to the, the mystery of it. But you're getting to know her through her actions and through the actions of the animals she interacts with and the environment she's in. And, and slowly, uh, as she you know locates the spaceship in the lake and pulls it out, and the mystery deepens as she finds a communication. From a uh, from a mysterious source, seemingly from another planet, and and that pulls her inevitably toward that other planet until the end, when we get the big reveal. And I thought it was very well done, just a gorgeous one shot. And and there's nothing more rewarding than when you when you get a fantastic comic like this. And I ca- I got to admit, I like the fact that this, that the picture, you know, the the writer, you know, Matt Matt Kent just lets Margaret Savage, you know you know, visually tell us the story. It works very well. What about you? What do you think?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's amazing and it very much shows the power of the medium, the, stre- uh, the strength, the po- storytelling possibilities of uh, sequential art. So, you know, we don't always go spoiler free on those, but we, I think we are going to go spoiler free with this refused story. Um, you know, I'll just say that it, it's a woman that's has suffered trauma, but as Rocky said, she's lost her memory. So she doesn't even realize the trauma that she's suffered. And instead, I think, um, considers herself to be, you know, stranded on this planet, has to find a way to survive. And that's her trauma. And she, she does find strength within herself. She does, you know, have the ability to survive and adapt and grow, um, and sort of heal from that trauma. And then as Rocky said, you know, be, you know, finding the spaceship and being, you know, pulled back to the planet. And then we get the reveal at the end. Uh, And we find out that she, she sort of healed from a a different trauma in a way that she wasn't even aware of. So it's a very powerful story. Uh, And the reason I don't want to spoil it here is because, because it is so emotional it is so impactful. But if we give it away here, it's going to lose a lot of that impact. So if you haven't had a chance to read it, we, we highly recommend it, go check it out. um, And you'll understand what we're saying about, about the impact of the story and how it would lose that impact. If, uh, if we gave it away here. So uh, we won't do that. But uh, the second story, <laughs> we will be a little more spoilery uh, because it's Mark Russell. And I love I love Mark Russell. You know, he's been on the show before. Um, Eisner nominated, Eisner winning uh, writer. And it, it, if if you took all the words that maybe could have been in the first story and you <laughs> added them to the second story, that's what you'd get. Like there, are, yeah. there is so much dialogue here uh kind of narrated in the in the first person by this um this self-described dead end so it's in the future i think it's like the the year like 2131 or 2031 something like that uh and this guy's lost his job he's got no wife no kids uh no no reason even to really exist uh he he describes the future and it's you know sort of cynical not not so different from maybe the world of uh what's the movie, Minority Report, you know, where you're, you're walking around and you're constantly being assailed and assaulted by, ad, you know, ads that are, you know, personally um, sort of tailored to uh, try to get you to buy or, or you know, whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, this guy's like, okay, I, I, he sees an ad for a free vacation, right? Like, uh, they, they have the ability to Uh, You have long form space travel, but the guy that's selling this travel is like, why would you want to do that? You know, it takes forever to get there. You got to go into suspended animation, blah, blah, blah. He's like, "Instead, we'll just, we'll beam you there. You know, you will beam your quantum signature there. You get a brand new body. You go around, you do whatever you want. Then you get beamed back, uh, come and hear our pitch. And if you're not sold, uh, we'll give you a, a, a trip somewhere for free. And so this guy, he hears this and he's like, oh, I, you know, I can, uh, I can easily resist the, you know, the sales pitch. I'll, No matter what, I'll say I don't like it. I'll get a free trip, right? Again, this guy's very self-involved, very selfish. His name is Sai. And so he takes him up on the offer. He goes in. He sits through the pitch. He says he's not interested. He gets the free vacation. He goes to the moon, finds it to be kind of boring. I mean, this guy sort of finds life boring. I, I don't think it's that he's unintelligent or he's lazy. He doesn't do anything because he just – he finds life sort of boring, Um and so, as the story goes on, he's like, he's disappointed going to the moon. So, he convinces his roommate, you get to take a guest when you win the, when you, you know, refuse to buy and get the free trip. And, you know, you know the saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch. This guy never stops to think about that, you know, because in a way he's sort of entitled. And so, he went to the moon. He didn't care for it. He comes back. He invites his roommate, who doesn't particularly like him because he's a deadbeat, uh, and says, Hey, now you go, you go listen to the sales pitch. And, uh, cause he did invite her to go to the moon with him and she chickened out at the last minute, kind of that whole Dr. McCoy thing with the transporters. She didn't want to, the whole quantum signature, she didn't like that. Uh, so he's like, okay, you, you owe me cause you bailed in the last minute. You go, you refuse to buy a trip. You'll get a free trip. You can take me as a guest. We'll go somewhere more exciting than the moon. They go to Titan, which is one of the moons of Saturn. Uh, but when he goes, when he goes back, What he discovers is the guy doing the sales pitch looks just like him. And he's like, what do I have a long lost identical twin I didn't know about? Well, come to find out (laughs) this company that is giving the free trips that that's, it doesn't have anything to do with the free trips. They're taking the digital signatures, digital quantum signatures of people. They're creating clones with no memories and they're using them on the black market, either to harvest for organs to sell, uh, or as late and they kind of. Cheap labor to do the jobs that nobody wants to do, like sell trips or uh, serve food on the resort in Titan, and and so then he takes it upon himself. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow up this corporation. I'm gonna free all my clones. I'm gonna. It, it gets ludicrous in in a hurry. Um, but again, the Adam Polina art, which is so stylized and and goofy, uh, really brings this character of Cy to life, and his his roommate Robin. Size very, very thin, very tall. Robin's very short and squat and obese. Uh, but it gives uh, having these different body styles gives Adam Polina a chance to kind of really play it around with facial expressions and body language and that sort of thing. Uh, so in the end, he does man aside does manage to blow up. Uh, and I'm skipping over a lot of the details here and the, the humor. Uh, but again, read it for yourself and you'll um, you'll be able to experience that. He blows it up, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because then the the guy that turned out to be the, so that was posing as this Nobel prize winning physicist that figured out this quantum signature thing. The guy that, that actually decided to, he killed the original and he decided to set up this uh, this business. Um, so he gets blown up along with everybody else at last resort, but he has another clone that, you know, of the prize winning uh, Nobel prize winning physicist and he sets up a new a new business I and mean, now he's saying, if you've ever gone, you know, if you've ever gone on a trip and had your digital signature, quantum signature, we still have it. You can be resurrected. You can have another shot at life because they don't have to resurrect you without your memories. They can resurrect you with your memories. So now he's got a new, now he's on a new gig, right? This resurrection thing. So there's a very cynical ending to it with Cy again, narrating the whole thing going, yeah, I didn't, I didn't make a difference at all. Life is boring. It doesn't really have purpose. We're just sort of, you know, in this endless cycle of, of sort of consuming ourselves. So, you know, if you've ever read any Mark Russell stories, you know, his, a lot of his stuff is very satirical. So this is very much like sort of a cynical look at, at what life is, how it it can be boring. And in the end, we're all just sort of mice on a, uh, a little wheel, you know, spinning around in a circle, going crazy, running as fast as you can only to end up right, you know, right back where you started. Um so it, yeah in a way of, even though it's humorous and you know the Adam Polina art certainly serves that and there's funny jokes and funny one-liners and what have you uh but in the end you know when I very first read it you know I reread it to uh to talk about it today but I remember finishing it the very first time when it came out and thinking well that was pretty dark <laughs> you know there's a little bit of nihilism to that uh, but again, I mean that's kind of what you come to expect from a, a Mark Russell book. You know, it's it's something. I mean, this story is something I've gone back and thought about from from time to time. And I like I hope at some point something happens in our world, in our society, and in, in our our culture that sort of takes us off the path that we're on because it's all too easy to to see this as the actual future we end up in if we stay on the same path of capitalism and consumerism and the haves and the have nots because uh, this certainly isn't a society where they ever found deeper meaning in you know relationships or art or uh music or, or anything like that i mean this is this is all just like, like i said consumerism you know and 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 very much the me the me first uh society and me first culture so anyway wh- what did you think rocky did you find it to be dark Darkly oh, humorous, like I did.
1: Well, it's a dark, it's a dark uh, dystopian future. I, it, it it could be if it was made into a Netflix episode, it would be a, an episode of Black Mirror, uh, I think, because it, it just it, it, looking at tech the the darker side of technology, and it, it reminds me of a of a more darker take of an episode of Star Trek, where Commander Riker at one time there was a there was a transporter accident and it duplicated Commander Riker and and but they didn't know they'd, they they they. Duplicated Commander Riker, and so the young, the a version of Commander Riker was was lost and uh, and discovered years later, abandoned on this planet, and he didn't realize that he was a he was basically a duplicate of the original Riker. And in any event, that's sort of this reminded me of. But uh, this was has much more of an original, uh, and uh, this feels new and fresh. And Mark Russell, he always has a message, and there's something deeply deeply depressing about. You know, you know, we we always ask ourselves philosophically in these story, in a lot of these stories. You know, what's the meaning of life? Well, Mark Russell has a depressing answer for us, and he and he says that it, it, as this story progresses, we are both the consumer and the product, and yeah. and and the horrifying thing is, you know. You combine that with immortality, well whatever the meaning of life is, it better be a good meaning because if we're immortal, uh, well fortunately we're not immortal. we get to die if our life sucks, right Well, guess what you're like you can't die now you're forever consuming you're forever a product because your your quantum your quantum DNA or whatever the hell it is, your quantum signature is going to be duplicated and you're going to exist forever, or a version of you will exist forever. And if you don't like it, no big deal. They'll just erase your memory and you get to live more. And there's something ploddingly meaningless about that. And, you know, are we all just brains and vats that are just, you know, being constantly manipulated and, uh, but yet what he, what Mark Russell manages to do here and he does it, he, he does it so well, but he does it much better here than he does in another series of hers. I'm reading called traveling to Mars by uh, I think It's IDW. It's on issue nine right now. And uh, that one isn't quite as good as this. I thought this, this is actually, uh, uh, this is better. Last Resorts. I I, I like, I just like how this is humorous. And there's something about the style of the art by um, Adam um, Molina. Polina. Polina. Yeah. The the art, the art really, the, the art just fits the narrative so well. And in particular, I like the distinctive, the distinctiveness of the characters. You couldn't get more distinctively looking characters from uh, Cy and Tina. <laughs> you know, this big black woman and this skinny white guy. I mean, I mean, and their roommates on top of it. I mean, you couldn't get two different people with two different lives with two different uh, uh, viewpoints on life and yet they come together both ultimately suffering the same fate as all of humanity does here. This actually makes me think, and it's, it's another, it's another uh, sort of way of looking at AI, you know, uh, if, if, if we're ever going to develop a technology this advanced where we have quantum signatures or transporters, it's probably going to be an AI intelligence that creates it. And again, it's just in the last five years with, with all this technological, technological development where, where we've been bombarded with, stories like this, I think, have extra resonance for the reader. So this is, uh, you know, it's getting harder and harder on these 12 uh, days of the comic source with, regarding that idea. This This last resort's... I really like. I, I kind of like this in combination with the gorgeous uh, refuse. Uh, this might be. I think this might be my favorite. My new favorite. <laughs> I, I, I just. I really like it because it's Your such a favorite. Eclectic- whichever one we read last. Well, that's I know, great. but I mean, they keep – Maybe they just keep getting better. But what an odd eclectic combination of the. I mean, you couldn't get two different kinds of stories really, uh, but just very different and yet both very, very satisfying. One very. Satisfying in a good way, and the other one is kind of disturbing in how it, you know, makes me think about my, and and reflect on the how depressing immortality could be if 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 humanity goes a certain direction. But uh no, it was interesting read, interesting comic.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and again, like this, so this came out in 2021. And, you know, to go back what I was saying, the, the path we're on, right? We're two years later, and if anything that line that you mentioned where, you know, Mark Russell says we're both the consumer and the product. It's only more, you know, we've only gone further down that path with everybody wanting their 15 minutes of fame on TikTok or or YouTube or Instagram or or whatever. And that's what, when I heard that line, that's what it reminded me of, right? Like everybody's trying to um, make themselves into a commodity, you know, give their, their name value and, you know, get the clicks and get the attention and, and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's not everybody, I say everybody, I know it's not everybody, not everybody wants to be a celebrity and not everyone wants to be famous, but, uh, I, I think a greater percentage of the younger generation, you, definitely like when you and I were in, you know, second and third grade, the internet wasn't even a thing. So <laughs> why would we ever have said, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a a YouTuber or uh, an influencer, you know, whatever the heck that means. <laughs> exactly. But, but there's a big subsection now of, of kids when they get asked that question, just like all kids have been asked ever since school started way back when, hundreds of years ago, uh, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a, a YouTuber. I want to be a TikToker. I want to be an influencer. Like that's not, I'm sorry. I, I know that there are people that make a living at it, but that's not a real job. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not to sound old and crotchety and get off my lawn, but what are you contributing to society when you do that? I guess you're contributing some entertainment 30 seconds at a time, but I don't know. I feel like there's more valuable contributions to be made, but that that's sort of, I think, what uh, part of what Mark Russell's getting at here, especially with that line. Yeah, we're both the, the consumer and the product. So anyway, another fantastic uh, Bad Idea title. Uh, go check it out, you know uh, again we didn't spoil the first story because we want you to read it for yourself and have that uh, emotional reaction so go check it out tomorrow as i said we'll be talking about monster killer squad i think it's called monster hunter squad uh fantastic thomas giarello art written by um christos gauge so that's coming tomorrow so be sure and join us uh for that don't forget to go subscribe to rocky's youtube channel if you're checking us out on youtube this is on the comic source youtube channel. Rocky's channel is Comic Space Boom Exclamation Point. It's where we put out our DC Spotlight every week, which we just put out yesterday with uh, 13 different books. Uh, so go check that out. Leave some comments below what you thought uh, about either this uh, for this one or any of the DC books over on the DC Spotlight. Don't forget to ring the notification bell, subscribe to both channels so you don't miss any uh, content you know when new episodes are released. Uh, if you like to do the audio-only versions uh, of the Comic Source podcast, Uh, Just go to wherever you get your uh, podcast, whatever platform you use, do a search for the comic source and subscribe. We're on uh, all of the platforms. So we appreciate the support as always. Hope you're all having a a joyous holiday season, getting to spend time with friends and family. And uh, Rocky's going to remind you about the other DC thing that you need to be sure to do this month. Uh, So thanks for joining us, Rocky.
1: Yeah. Uh, Go see Aquaman. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The the Lost City, right? (laughs) Yeah. Go see Aquaman and uh, happy holidays.
0: So that's going to do it, everybody. Appreciate you joining us as always. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Yeah.